Hello, this is Fed965, that's F-E-D-965, and welcome to Baby Blue Viper. It is Thursday morning, yes it is, Thursday, that's June 16th, 2022, I know, Domini, um, so... So, 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 yeah, um, you know, I'm currently, uh, sipping, uh, on a coffee, and, um, you know, I got, a uh, whole milk and honey in there, and I'm sipping out of a, uh, I would say, like, a, a coffee-colored mug, what do you think about that, um, I actually, I uh, got this, uh, or it was gifted to me, the mug was gifted to me, um, uh, by someone who I hold, very dear to my heart, so, um, thank you so much, um, if you are listening to this podcast, um, and on the, on the mug, it says coffee y'all, um, so it's a, it's a nice mug, and it's just, it's a, it's a really, it makes for a, a really pleasant and, uh, you know, um, just enjoyable, uh, coffee drinking experience and you know that's what we're all about here on baby blue viper um it doesn't matter what day it is doesn't matter what time it is yeah i know what we shoot for is always to have a pleasant and you know enjoyable experience and that's what we're all about here okay that's just what it is um and you know i am uh, i'm currently wearing i would say a uh a navy blue shirt with um with a green and um and pink and white um uh like a logo or like um design I would say it's a design um there's an outer uh, green circle and then there's a there's an inner white circle followed by another inner green circle and there's a few other things going on but um you know I'll leave that up to your imagination I am also wearing um, uh, navy blue um, sweatpants, and these have, I would say, orange uh, and red and white uh, and black, uh, you know, design and logo and lettering going on. There's just, uh, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and I am currently barefoot. Yes, I am currently barefoot. Uh, You heard it here. Um... Excuse me. Um, so yeah, so you know, there was um, uh, a thunderstorm, you know, last night. I think it was around like 3 a.m. in the morning. Um, if you are not aware, um, that uh, you know, uh, 3, 3 a.m. or thereabouts in the morning is also known as the witching hour. Yes, you heard that here the witching hour um and you know this is really you know interesting because remember yesterday we started to talk about magic uh, do you remember that magic um so um so it was, it was really uh you know coincidental almost serip- ser- serendipitous no serendipitous serendipitous that um you know at uh 3 a.m. in the morning is when I was awakened by this really just a bright flash of light and without, you know, followed by a roaring, you know, a roaring um, thunder there, a roaring rumble. 
So there's a lightning flash and a roaring rumble. Um, and, you know, um, so it's just interesting. You know, I don't want to go into deeply about it, but, you know, um, the witching hour, uh, you know, it's also known as the devil's hour. Yeah, that's right. You heard it here. Uh, and I, I'm going to read it for you on Wikipedia. In folklore, the witching hour, or devil's hour, is a time of night that is associated with supernatural events, whereby witches, demons, and ghosts are thought to appear and be at their most powerful. Definitions vary and include the hour immediately after midnight and the time between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m., that's the one that I'm most familiar with. That's the real one as far, you know, from what I've heard, you know, and I've, you know, I've studied a lot of this, you know, I've, you know, I've really, you know, dived into these, you know, ancient texts and, you know, mystical manuscripts and, you know, medieval um, uh, tablets and so forth. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say I'm an expert, but, you know, I have... You could call me, you know, a, uh, a hobbyist. Yeah, that's great. I'm a hobbyist uh, on these kind of uh, topics. So, you know, and throughout, you know, the texts, it's the, really the time between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. is what's really known as the witching hour or the devil's hour. It's that hour right there between 3 and 4 a.m. Um, as to the one, you know, immediately after midnight, that's probably a more uh, a more um, contemporary um you know, idea of midnight, um, but that's not, in it, here, that's not the one that's really, you know, if you go back, it's, it's the, that's not the one, um, uh, so the phrase witching hour began at least as early as 1775 in the poem Night and Ode by Reverend Matthew West, and though its origins may go further back to 1535, where the Catholic Church prohibited activities during the 3 to 4 a.m. time frame due to emerging fears about witchcraft in Europe, in the Western Christian tradition, the hour between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. was considered a period of peak supernatural activity. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, this time is also refer referred to as the devil's hour due to its being a mocking inversion of the time in which Jesus supposedly died which was at 3 p.m. Oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, you see that? Let's, let's risk that. So it's because it's it's due to being a mocking inversion of the time in which Jesus supposedly died, which was at 3 p.m. Look at that. You see, that's what I'm talking about. That's why that the 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. makes much more sense, whereas this 12 a.m. To, to 1 a.m. thing is... You know, I don't know who came up with that one, but it just doesn't seem to hold that much water, to be honest. Um, a point being, why was I getting on this? Why are you talking about the witching hour, the devil's hour? Um, so, oh yeah, because I was I, I was probably I was probably woken up by a demon. That's probably what it was. It was a demon in the sky or around me at some point, and it and so because there, there's a flash of lightning. Um, and it was probably, you know, it's probably a demon or something. Um, I don't think that I am, uh, you know, important enough to, um, to warrant the intervention of the devil, you know? So, uh, I don't think it was the devil. I think the devil was probably, you know, uh, you know, he, he or she or it, or, you know, I don't, I don't, you don't want to really assign a gender to the devil. And so you could even probably say the devil's transgender. Why not? Um, it's, or it's beyond gender. Um, so the devil would be, um, uh, it could be nine, it could be non-binary. 
be post i would say though the devil be post gender i think that's how you would phrase it because post in this sense is is beyond um um so yeah but that's a whole different topic we don't even go into it point being that um i don't think that i warrant a an appearance of the devil i don't think i've done anything for good or bad or you know um that would you know won't really warrant an intervention of <clears throat> the devil uh you know the devil probably is you know he's probably he or she or it is you know probably has bigger fish to fry than you know than than me here uh but maybe not you know you know maybe it was the devil i think it was probably just a, a like a minor demon you know or a, a gal you know g-h-o-u-l goal no a goal uh but probably a minor demon who came to visit me uh at 3 a.m um so you know uh, and did we have a chit chat no not really um i was going in and out of sleep there but i was a, a awoken by this you know this bright flash of light a lot of thunder and it was at 3 a.m or 3 20 so it was right in the in that you know the devil's hour the witching hour so it was definitely intense um, and i definitely felt a presence in the air or all around me i would say you know i was you know i think the hairs on my body started to you know to, to really rise there i'm not gonna say that i was levitating i'm not gonna say that but I am going to say that I definitely felt a presence. You know, I felt a presence nearby all around me. Uh, so, you know, uh, it's just something to be aware of. And especially because we were talking yesterday of magic. And, you know, so perhaps that was um, by mentioning magic, perhaps we started to summon it. Perhaps that's what we were doing. We were summoning, you know, the a demon or the devil um uh but i think it was a minor demon to be honest but yeah you know um and so that's a, this oh let's keep going with this idea of magic and uh apparently we're gonna have to get in a, a little bit into to, to dark magic otherwise known as black magic you know uh which is you know those um has more to do with um you know the occult and um you know uh, demons witches and the like but it's it's not that i wanted to do this but it seems like it's it's naturally we're going this way and that's because they know a minor demon appeared um so you know if something like that happens you just got to go with it you, you got to run with it you know what i mean you got to run with it um so we're gonna see we're gonna keep going with this idea of magic and now we're gonna you know add in some you know some witchcraft and uh sorcery and uh, you know summoning spells, uh, and uh, perhaps that's what we're doing right now. Perhaps a baby little viper. We're all just you know summoning something. Question is, what are we summoning? Are we summoning you know something that's gonna gonna be for the good of the world, or is it gonna be for them bad? Is it gonna be for them bad? You know, I don't really know to be honest. All I know is that we're summoning it, and that seems to be pretty obvious at this point. Um. So, yeah, but, you know, um, in terms of, uh, that was a lot of, you know, uh, we got into some I idealism there, you know, things that, uh, that are beyond the, the realm of, uh, you know, the physical senses. Um, though, you know, the, the whole idea of witchcraft and magic and, uh, you know, sorcery is that these things that are, that are beyond the physical senses can actually uh, intervene into reality and thus affect 
the physical senses. So that, that there is a way right there. It's um, it's a, think of it as a bridge. Okay, it's a bridge between the physical reality and that which lies beyond. And of course, we don't need to go into much into uh, you know philosophy right now. But the, this is a, a topic that's been widely uh, you know studied in, in philosophy. You know, different branches. Those who um, who are uh, you know you know idealists, uh, materialists. And, uh, and there, you know, there's difference and there's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Some people are transcendentalists, transcendentalists. In fact, uh, the United States of America has a very, a very, um, um, uh, uh, deep, uh, tradition of transcendentalism. It's actually one of the most, um, uh, important contributions to a philosophy that uh, that the United States of America has given uh, to to the world and to history and to humanity is uh, American transcendentalism. And off the top of my head, without you know really going into it, American transcendentalism is really um, so you got um, uh, what's his name? You got Henry Thoreau, um, and um, you got um, uh, what's the other? You got uh, you got Walt Whitman, of course, and then you have the other the the other giant. Those are two giants, and there's one more giant there. Um, I, I think it's with an E. It's with an E. I'm gonna look it up. Is it with an E? Oh my God, I'm so sorry that I, that I can't think of his name right now. Um, he's you know one of the greats, right? One of the greats, one of the greats. What is his name? American transcendentalism. Emerson. There it is, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Um, so that those are the giants of American transcendentalism. Um, uh, so at the philosophical level would be Ralph Waldo Emerson and Henry David Thoreau. But then this you know goes into literature as well with Walt Whitman and uh, and others, of course, plenty of others. Um, but it is one of the the key things here. Um, and then you know there's the obviously. The German influence is really, um, you know, Kant, you know, the great Kant, um, who, um, you know, his critique of pure reason. This is really what gets things going over here, okay? Um, and actually over there first in, uh, in Europe and then into the United States and so forth and so on. Um, point being um, that, that transcendentalism, okay, transcendentalism, is if we just go to the, the definition of the word, okay, just strictly to the definition of the word, um, let's um, let's really see the, the definition of the word. Um, so, because you got the trans part, you know, you know that whole trans part, and um, I'm trying to get you um, just a really um, a good breakdown of the um, of the word. Um, here, I'm, here, I'll find it right here. So this is what you do when you want that. You just go right to the dictionary. Transcendentalism. Uh, uh, to, uh, to trans. And I'm not finding a good breakdown of the word. Well, you have the trans part, and then you have the the sendentalism part i don't which probably comes from sentence yeah, trans 
for mathematics, transcendental number, number that's not the root of any polynomial with rational coefficients. She doesn't have any rational coefficients. Algebraic element or transcendental element, an element of a field extension that is not the root of any polynomial with coefficients with a base field. Transcendental function, a function which does not satisfy a polynomial equation where coefficients are themselves polynomials. Transcendental number theory, the branch of mathematics dealing with transcendental numbers and algebraic independence. Okay, see, so that's just the math part. The philosophy, um, you know, transcendentalism, 19th century American religious and philosophical movement that advocates that there is an, an ideal spiritual state that transcends the physical and the empirical. Okay, that's a good, that's a good, um, uh, that's a good little, uh, you know, definition there uh, in the dictionary by Wikipedia. Um, and there's, you see, transcendental idealism, this is, um, which, you know, came before, a doctrine founded by 18th century German philosopher, German philosopher Immanuel Kant. Okay, so that really, you know, that's the beginning, and then we come to the American one, 19th century American religious and philosophical movement. You see, it incorporates both. Right there, it's religious and philosophical that advocates that there's an ideal spiritual state that transcends the physical and the empirical. And this is what I'm talking about when we're talking about magic. It's something that lies beyond the physical and the empirical. The empirical being that which is, um, you know, the philosophy that which is concerned, verif verifiable by observation or experience rather than theory or pure logic. Okay, uh, so you got that. And then... Uh, my point being is that transcendentalism, which is, you know, you know, really an American, it really is. I mean, it was, it didn't start United States, but it really developed and, you know, was, it came to fruition in the United States of America. It is a, it's a very American experience. Um, and it, like I said, it's one of the, the greatest contributions, I would say, that the United States has given the world in general is this transcendentalism. And so I myself... Uh, Fed965 uh, from Baby Blue Viper, quote me on this, I consider myself a transcendentalist, a transcendentalist, excuse me, I am a transcendentalist, uh, I said it, I'll say it again, I am a transcendentalist, uh, so that's why this whole idea of magic, um, you know, actually fits right into this, because it's that which, you know, is something beyond your, um, the physical and empirical uh, experience. Okay, so it's a, it's a very profoundly American idea, um, and you know we're gonna keep going with this. We really are. Uh, you know, I uh, Fed nine six five uh, uh, baby blue viper. I was um, I was born in the United States of A. Um, uh, so without doxing myself too much. I will just say, you know, that, you know, I don't want to dox myself too much. But I will say this. I will say this. I will say that I was born in the Midwest, okay? Um, and so I have, a, you know, and we don't need to go in right now to all the good and the bad, the ugly and the beautiful of the U.S. of A. Because that's, uh, you know, we could do endless podcasts on that. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um but point being that um, that I you know that my experience growing up is uh, you know profoundly American, and that's just what it is. And you, one cannot um, and you know whatever one does you know in the future or you know 
where one can begin taking their own, when one becomes conscious and not really and not just being a child um and you know one is you know conscious of their actions of history um and that's where you can decide for yourself what you believe in and you know what uh what are your principles as we've you know covered here before but that does not take away from the fact of you know where where you were born and where you grew up in and you know what experiences you know what formative experiences you had it's just you know that's just what it is for good bad ugly etc beautiful um so the point being is that uh though and i consider myself and i and i think we should all we should all be extremely critical of uh you know uh of everything basically um you know always be critical and asking questions um but that doesn't mean that you um that um you don't also how, how do i put this that you don't also neg you don't want to negate you know where you come from because that's just going to be um you're just going to be deluding yourself um you know so no matter what i think of the united states of a i will still always be you know uh american for you know uh even even if i decided to um you know to renounce my citizenship even if i took that really that step right to, even if i renounce my citizenship so that i am not you know a citizen of the country that doesn't mean that all my you know formative experiences of um of childhood of you know the uh the 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 school system the educational system the, in the united states and a college in the united states that doesn't mean that all that just goes away just like that absolutely not i mean it's not like I, you renounce your citizenship and you just have a clean slate in your head that doesn't work like that you will still view the world in a lens that is affected by your formative years obviously you can add to this and you educate yourself and you get um you know more perceptive and more aware so that you are able to spot you know um, the good and the bad of things but that doesn't mean that those experiences just went away so that's all i'm trying to say so this podcast is always going to have no matter what no matter what i do is always going to have a very strong american undertone it's just going to happen because like i said you know i was born in the u.s of a and i you know i grew up um uh you know in the u.s of a i did spend some uh, some time abroad i don't want to dox myself too much here but you know um um those were mainly just um a few months here and there in other parts of the world um and my uh, my study abroad as i've mentioned i studied abroad in uh, in china for six months in beijing uh, but like i said it's still it's going to be a very profoundly an american uh, podcast so you're gonna either take it or leave it you might as well if you're not into that whole thing if you if you for some reason like i said that's not a good thing though because you should be aware even if you don't um you know uh for whatever reason you you know you don't have a, a good viewpoint you don't of the united states of a and you're listening to this in another country and i understand where you're coming from that the us of a has done you know atrocious things over the world i definitely understand but like i said uh i do not think that alone is a reason to discount somebody from that country right um because um you can't you can't choose where you're born and that holds for anyone anywhere what you do uh what you can hold someone accountable for is what their um you know what their beliefs are and how they act 
um, you know, as, as they get older, as they mature. Um, that's a different thing. But just because, you know, one person is born somewhere, um, and, you know, and not over there, that's not a reason to, to discount. And I know I'm dragging on a lot today. I really am. Um, excuse me. But it's Thursday, right? And that's what Thursdays are for. But I don't even know how we got on to this whole thing. Um, oh, yeah, the witching hour, devil's hour, American transcendentalism. Um, and the um, point being that there's a thunderstorm. And the point being, oh, yeah, so let's bring this whole thing back to the empirical, back to the physical senses, okay? And you will see. So, uh, thunderstorm woke me up, 3 a.m., witching hour probably a minor demon uh, and well okay so what does that mean to me today right now well it means to me that i have to go and backwash the pool right because remember thunderstorm pressure rises in the motor uh, and in the filter there and i have to backwash it psis i'm assuming are at least 17 right now probably operating at 17 psi and as you all know, we like to keep the PSI level at between 13 and 14, with 14 being the max, 13 being the minimum. And so I'm going to have to backwash today, um, get that PSI back down, and make sure that the water level isn't too high. Because if the water level if the water level's too high, the um, uh, the water won't probably uh, skim into the filter basket, and then you don't have a clean pool. So, uh, so this is what I'm saying is that how something like magic, which we were beginning to summon yesterday, you know, really came to fruition at 3 a.m. The witching hour, thunderstruck, uh, uh, you know, storm uh, rolled in, uh, rain started to fall, boom, boom, boom. Um, the demon was around, um, and then I'm just saying maybe it's not a demon. Maybe maybe it was an angel, huh? What about that? What about an archangel? Maybe it was a demon. What do you call a good demon that though that's not part of like of of like the church, um, like a good, you know, like a good. Maybe it was a good demon. Can demons be good? Yeah, why not? This one could be a good demon. Uh, rain started to fall though, uh, and then you know today physical reality was altered there by the demon, uh, which we actually summon possibly. Physical reality was altered, and thus, now I have to backwash the pool. Okay, the PSI is increased. That increase in PSI could be attributed to the demon. It really could be. You see that right there? Um, now, that's just one avenue of thought. And, you know, we're just going to run with it. Because why not? It's Thursday. You know what I mean? Um, so, so that's that. And I just wanted to, you know, to really to clarify that. But, you know, you know we don't even... <laughs> What are we doing? That's what we, you're probably asking. What? Fed 965? Why aren't we diving? Well, we're diving right now. We're diving. And the price of Bitcoin today is 20,854 USD. The block height is 741045. And going right to the, the trending stories of the day. Number one from the New Yorker leaked Mark Meadows text. Uh, Mark Meadows. This guy sounds very familiar. Uh, okay. CNN has obtained 2,319 text messages that former President Donald Trump's White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows sent and received between Election Day 2020 and President Joe Biden's January 2020 inauguration. All right, I'm not going to read all of these. I'm just going to go with the first. We're just going to do the first three. 
Donald Trump Jr. texted, we need an Oval Office address. He has to leave now. It's gone too far and got out of, and got Donald Trump Jr. And got out of hand. Mark Meadows, I agree on it. I'm stressed, dude. Donald Trump, dude. This is Donald Trump Jr. This is insane. He didn't like mention me or anything. Uh, Mark Meadows, who? Potus? Donald Trump Jr. Or, yeah, Mark Meadows, no. Donald Trump Jr. reacted thumbs up to no. I'm not is going on now. Um, Sean Hannity texted. Hey, sir, checking in. Orders from Boss Man? Mark Meadows, all good. Thanks, Sean. Sean Hannity, 10 hunt, sir. Amen. Mark Meadows, okay. Sean Hannity, copy. What the fuck? That is a wild interaction right there. Um... Order. Wild. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Hey, Mark. I'm sure you have a lot going on, and I don't know on I don't know on these things. Maybe we, we could do the explode the ex explosion from Independence Day. Just throwing it out there. Maybe we explode the Capitol like an Independence Day or something. But again, I don't know on these things. Mark Meadows asking POTUS. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Thank you, Mike. Is this real? Is this is this fake? Is this real? Wow, this is real. This this can't be real. This is wild. If this is real, it's hilarious, and, and hilarious and could be taken in a very bad way here. I mean, they are running the country here, <laughs> or they were at the time. So, um, yeah, I don't even know what else to think. Uh, I probably shouldn't have said hilarious. Um, it's just um it's astounding it's uh it is what it is it's um yeah it leaves room for thought that's for sure and um you know we're gonna have to keep following that number two from cnn dna analysis reveals source of black death black death would be the 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 plague um tombstones in what's now uh kurzakstan have revealed tantalizing details about the origins of the black death the world's most devastating plague outbreak that is estimated to have killed half of Europe's population in the space of seven years during the Middle Ages. There's a lot of uh, uh, typos right there. Um, I don't know what's going on by CNN here. Oh, man. Um, well, that's cool. So there's inscriptions on the tombstones. <clears throat> you know, from what I've heard, it was always um, because of some rats that came over um, or that, that they transmitted the pestilence. Uh, I don't need to read this whole thing here, but, um, that seems like an interesting article to really dive into. It's pretty cool. Yeah, interesting. Definitely interesting. Especially, you know, because we're talking about pandemics, right? Um, so COVID pandemic, obviously nowhere near the same um, size, but um, interesting to, to see how, how pandemics are, um, you know, how they evolve and that, you know, there have been many throughout history. Number three from the Wall Street Journal. Teen who fell to his death at amusement park exceeded rides weight limit by about 100 pounds. Autopsy shows. Oh, that's horrible. Uh 
uh, Tyra Sampson fell during the descent of 430-foot-tall ride at Forest Icon Park. He died from blunt force trauma. Oh, um, that's horrible. Uh, you know, heart goes out to the family there. Uh, from number four from NPR, who are the winners and losers of the Fed hiking interest rates? Oh, yeah, yeah the Fed, there was a huge interest rate hike yesterday. The Federal Reserve has hiked its benchmark interest rate by 0.75%. Um, I think that was like the greatest hike in in 30 years or something like that, 20 years. Um, yeah, well, they they don't know what to do, and so they're just really going to go for it here. And there's a lot of people that are thinking that this is going to be uh, you know, not a good idea at all to hike that much. Um, but, you know, they have to try something, I guess, even though, in my opinion, they should be focusing on, you know, trying to incorporate Bitcoin. Um, but, you know, let's see, let's see what happens. Um, I, uh, I think that they, uh, that they're, they're just, look, look what it says here. At the heart of Wednesday's interest rate hike is a tightrope walk. The Fed is trying to slow inflation without triggering recession, the layoffs that would come with it. Uh, uh, economists have grown increasingly pessimistic about the Fed's ability to pull off the so-called soft landing. Means the U.S. could see widespread layoffs, even as inflation is still high, and Americans are paying higher prices for things like food and gas. We're not looking to have higher unemployment rate, but I would certainly look at that as a successful outcome. Well, we'll see. You know, we'll definitely see. Hopefully, you know, it works out. Um, definitely hoping for that. But that's enough of that. You know, um, and um, you know, I'm dragging on here. Um. But, you know, it's Thursday. I'm taking it easy. Um, and, um, you know, just got to, you know, keep going. And let's just uh, keep incorporating more of this, uh, you know, ideas of magic. And um, and also incorporate this idea of um, what are... Um, uh, what are setbacks in in uh, in progress? You know this idea of progress and setbacks along the way, and is there a way to make a setback actually into a um, a forward step? So is there a way to step back, but actually you're stepping forward? Is that possible? Is it perhaps a um, a, a matter of changing perspective? Right. Is it a matter of, you know, perhaps viewing that as that step back as, you know, oh, wait, um, um, perhaps look, if you step back. Right. Uh, but you could act, but you actually turn around. OK. And then you're facing a different direction. Right. Um, and you actually then took a step forward in that direction. You see that right there. You see that right there. So you stepped back, but then you turned around and that was actually a step forward in that direction. You see that? So that's all a matter of perspective. That's what I'm trying to say here. It's a matter of perspective. You can make a setback into a step forward if you change your perspective. Okay? Um, it's very difficult, obviously, but you have to be, just change your perspective. And you, you learn. That's a way to, to do it, too. You learn from, you know, what caused you to step back. You look at the wider picture, and that actually becomes a step forward uh, in a new direction. You see that? Um, so that's what we're going with. That's what we're working with today, and and yeah, so have a have a great Thursday. You know, tomorrow's Friday. Oh yeah, yeah, and um 
and yeah um so uh so yeah with that you know uh, i will see you soon and there's no homework tonight